Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series, one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we may and certainly will talk about details from previous episodes. Um, Turning bullets into doves like I'm Jesus, I'm Harrison. And not being able to get a job interview because I'm naked, I'm Jason. Jason, I, I, I really wish I didn't have to keep asking you, but please wear clothes while we record. <sighs> I mean... I believe you were the one who uh, posted on Instagram today that it was no pants time. It was no, no pants o'clock? Please get it right. Uh, I'm sorry that I came prepared for <laughs> yeah. no pants o'clock. I was so furious. John, I was just lounging in my undies and do also doing some housework uh mostly just because i was doing laundry um and then john texted me and asked me to go pick some stuff up and i was like fine i'll put on some fucking pants (laughs) (sighs) anyway um harrison what episode are we watching this week well i'm so glad you asked naked jason um we are watching puffy season four episode 21 prime evil this is the one where Adam puts his devious plan into motion. So Buffy and the gang makes, uh, they make their amends and then assemble the Megazord. It's not really a joke either. That's <laughs> what happens. Um, Prim of All was written by <laughs> David Fury and directed by James A. Contner and originally aired on May 16th, 2000. Yes. Jason, I we're just I mean we're just recycling drinks at this point, but we're drinking me. bourbon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it? It wasn't last episode, but whichever episode it was, I'm drinking the bourbon ginger. Jason's drinking just straight bourbon. Yeah. So we're doing. Um, is it so? Is it still straight bourbon if it's on the rocks? I mean, I think technically no, but like. I've, I've honestly never, never understood that. Like, I, well, but I also don't like, I also don't refer to drinks as straight because I'm an ally. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is still straight because like the term straight, when we're talking about alcohol, it, to my, my knowledge just means that it's just, it's not mixed with anything. Okay. Um, Water doesn't count. <laughs> well, if you, if you were drinking it sans ice, it'd be neat. Yeah. And so, and I'm with ice is on the rocks. On the rocks. So, so I think, yeah, I think, I, I think there's a difference there. I am also just talking straight out of my ass. So, like ever, I always do on this fucking show. Did, did you ever see the uh, the episode of Friends with um with Rachel's two birthday parties? I've, I mean, I've seen every episode of Friends, okay. but I don't necessarily remember this one. It, so. It, it's so great because it's the one where um, both Rachel's mom and dad were coming to her birthday but of course they don't like each other that much mm-hmm. so oh, yeah they're the one party for her mom one party for her dad and um and ross is like trying to go get um all the stuff that uh rachel's dad is asking for and he's and uh he's like oh i want a scotch he's like all right i'll get it for you one scotch on the rocks coming up he's like no ross neat <laughs> ross is cool <laughs> no neat no rocks. <laughs> That's 
Is that is is that the one where they're having the two parties in the two yes, apartments? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, and that might have probably one of the best moments. One of my favorite friends moments from season two, and there are a lot of good ones in season two, but it's the it's the one where uh they're like saying goodbye to Rachel's mom. And then, like, that's when Rachel's dad comes down to the hallway, and Joey just immediately starts making out with Rachel's mom. It's like, <laughs> great to see you, Mrs. Green. And, and, like, he eventually, as soon as, like, Rachel's dad is out of the hall, she's like, wow, you got, Rachel's mom's like, wow, you all party like no other. I love it. Nice. Oh, goodness. Um, I guess I should do a toast, shouldn't I? Uh, yeah. Here's, here's a toast to the Power Rangers. Okay. <laughs> Or the um, the the ferret zords from uh, this <laughs> the newest episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, um, but in all fairness, that was a play on Voltron. Yes, yes, and the Godfather. <laughs> no, Goodfellas. Oh, good. I've never seen Goodfellas. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, also, no. apparently, the movie Below, according to John. Okay, I'm not familiar with that one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Either. I mean, I'm sure there's like Godfather, like any mob movie yeah. reference could be traced back to Godfather, but like the whole voiceover thing, that is legit Goodfellas. Goodfellas? Okay. Sorry if you haven't seen the newest episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, by the time this episode drops, it won't have been the newest episode <laughs> anymore, but um, from our temporal perspective. Um, all right, so let's talk about this episode that Jason really doesn't like and well, I think is okay. Let, let's talk about the episode before <laughs> we get in, before we start pointing fingers. <laughs> um, when you point a finger, you've got three more just pointing back at you. It's wisdom. Okay. Well, yeah, if you point that way. Take <laughs> that gun. Um, Buffy is looking for Riley in the ruins of Sunnydale High. Uh, he's not there because, as we know, he's with Adam after last week's cliffhanger. And, uh, but she thinks he's just laying low because of his reaction to, uh, Forrest's death. Uh, yeah, and then we go to Adam's lair where he's talking to Riley and we learn that Riley also has a behavior modification chip. Uh, not in his brain, but in his heart? It looks to be in, like, near his heart. Adam says it's in his chest, wired directly to his central nervous system. So. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, if you're going to wire something directly in the central nervous system, either the spine or the brain will probably be, like, by sci-fi fantasy logic, the best place to do it. That's um, but sorry, I got really angry about some things in this episode. No, but it has to be in a place where he can easily get to it. Yeah. Um, which is why it's there, narratively speaking. That's why, but, uh, yeah. that's why all those kids in the in the house had such a problem in Saw 2. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't see their own numbers. Um, if they had just, just worked together. But they were all pieces of shit. Yeah. Probably ate some sloppy steaks. Uh. At least once. <laughs> uh. You know, though, at least the twist in Saw 2 isn't teamwork like it is in Saw fucking 5. <laughs> uh, God damn. Anyway. 
But the uh, twist in this episode is actually teamwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It all ties back. Also, Julie Benz is in Saw 5, mm-hmm. um, where she's a brunette, which is weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Adam's like, Adam's all like, we're brothers. We're we're the same. Because Maggie Walsh put the chip in him. Yeah. And um, he... We at this point basically Adam can because of this chip can control Riley, which is fine. Okay, <laughs> I don't have. What do you feel about this scene? It it's there. It's in the episode. It, it very much feels kind of like the last episode of Buffy, where it's like, oh hey, let's fill in the rest of the gaps mm-hmm. uh, really quickly yeah. before this happened. A and, lot of stuff that should have happened several episodes ago yeah and especially this like the whole the whole riley being under being under adam's control being revealed at the end of the last episode being explained this episode and then being resolved this episode it seems like it should have been a bit more of a thing yeah especially like if it had evolved if that had evolved around the time that riley and buffy's relationship was evolving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this again it just feels like they're trying to it just feels like they're trying to cram in this whole storyline into the last two episodes. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it also feels like that um, they need a reason. Because obviously the climax of this episode has to be the four. Um, and they it's easy to keep Anya and Tara, who are non-combatants, you know out of that and, and less experienced than the rest of the gang out of that and also not members of the main cast um it's less easy to keep riley out of that because of he's in the opening credits like yeah um and he's yeah so it's it almost feels it's like this whole thing is something for riley to do um and but to your point about like if this had been happening when the relationship was like starting i'm how I'm thinking of, like, what if it had been, like, Riley had been working for Adam against his will, and maybe even, like, like like uh, unable to communicate, like, physically, like, unable to communicate that with the rest of the group. Like, that could have been interesting. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... But that's not what we have. Again, so. <laughs> like, we are, we, we are diving into that thing that we've done a couple times this season. Yeah. Oh, this is what we would have done. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, and then Spike shows up, and immediately the scene's more interesting. Um, not yeah, Spike completely Spike is a one-track mind, yeah. or in this case, a one-chip mind. <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, he basically is only cares about getting that chip out of his brain. Mm-hmm. Which Adam has promised... But Adam's just like, no, 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 not yet. Slayer isn't where I want her to be. Yep. <laughs> we, she's how he wants her to be, but not where. And he, um, he explains that, uh, basically, you know, his plan, uh, we get a little piece of it here and we learn more about Mavit later, is he wants, uh, this war between the humans of the initiative, the soldiers in the initiative, and the demons that have been captured, uh, so that he can create more of himself. Yep. 
and he wants to make demon human frankenstein monsters and he says he and he explains that this was maggie walsh's original plan except she thought she'd be alive for it yeah (laughs) speaking of which Maggie Walsh is technically in this episode, or at least parts what of her are. What a fucking waste of Lindsay Krause. Yeah. I mean, I'm offended on her behalf. No, this... Alright, so I... Th... I uh, mentioned to Harrison that the big thing that I remember at this episode... Because I've only seen this episode once before. And it was when I was doing my original uh, watch-through. And I was never... And I wasn't a huge fan of it then. Now, and because I thought, like, honestly, almost every concept in it is silly, I think, um, when it's not trying to be silly. Uh, but the, and I thought that going in, oh, I'm like, uh, I know what's going to happen. I've become closer to the show. Thanks a lot to this podcast. So maybe I'll have a better opinion of it. Honestly, I feel like <laughs> the opposite may have happened. I may have had more justification for the things that I don't like about it. Honestly, this whole human-demon hybrid thing, it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like it belongs on this show. Mm-hmm. Just like Adam kind of never felt like he belonged on this show. Yeah. I if I'm curious though, if you if all the things we'd wanted from this season, better development for Adam, um, more nuanced storytelling in that regard, if everything that came before this was just better executed on every level, do you think you would like this resolution of the storyline better? Or do you still, do you think just in not a bubble? Exactly, because I'm, I'm still not a fan of the Megazord. Okay. Um, you know what? I just had an idea on what I thought, on what I think would be a better story. One that would have Maggie Walsh be pulling the strings throughout and involves the behavioral modification chip. If Spike had been the guinea pig for it, they see that it worked. She then puts those into the demons that they capture and starts wanting to use just the demons. You don't mm-hmm. have to make them demon soldier hybrids just the demons and making an army to move against like to move against any possible enemy mm. that the that the United States could have that I think that yeah. would be a cool story yeah I can see that like you could get all of the you get all the stuff they were trying to say with the initiative without this wacky finale that has poor poor Forrest uh, actor who plays him Leonard Roberts Leonard Roberts his prosthetics just look awful. Terrible. And same terrible. thing with Lindsay Krauss as Maggie Walsh and um, that other dude who was working in the oh, lab. Oh, yeah, Dr. What's-His-Dick. <laughs> um, yeah, like they... Like Engelman, they, that's his name. Engelman, yeah. Their their prosthetics look just terrible. awful. Terrible. They got, I like that's whole Harrison. They made Adam look really good in comparison. I always thought Adam looked pretty cheesy. Yeah. Like that Cheesy, that's like the right word for this. Like it... That a lot of this episode looks and the story also feels cheap and cheesy. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, I will be, I will come out as on board with the Megazord for the Megazord, but not in relation to this storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I'm thinking about like, what if they had used this I, this spell on, literally, I'm, I'm going through and picking any other big bad of the series and being like, I think that could have worked conceptually. I'm actually thinking with next I, season's big throw, bad. Actually, I'm going to throw in the exception of next season's big bad. Because, oh, really? Yes. Um, and we'll talk about this later, but I feel like the fact that Buffy had to confront that one-on-one given the stakes made it more important i agree i'll agree with you yeah i'll agree but with you. i'll give it any and maybe not in jealous because in jealous was True. another one-on-one but i mean yeah no you're right you're else, right all the other big bads I, um i'd be okay with that yeah. and um this episode is also trying to do I, you mentioned it while we were watching it specifically when like the battle starts trying to be big and epic and it's clear that they don't have the money for that. Um, they spend a little bit more money than a typical episode. Yeah, but they still just can't pull off what they're going for. Whereas last season's finale, and I, actually we keep we keep saying finale, and this is not the finale. Yeah. Um, but I, I I I think it's okay. We're gonna when we say finale because I would probably will keep doing it. We mean the finale of this of season four's arc, mm-hmm. not the finale of season four. Um, You'll find out in a couple weeks why we make that <laughs> distinction. Yeah. Um, but lo- the season three finale is fucking epic. Yeah. And like, we get the big battle. So, and, um, yeah. the, so there's the scene. We're like jumping all over the place. This I episode. think that's okay. That's but, fine. Uh, yeah. There's the scene that is supposed to be the big action piece that is, Buffy and the gang trying to get from one side of the big initiative chamber to the other. And um, it looks okay. I get what they were trying to go for, but it never felt, it never had the impact. And I was thinking in my mind, a similar thing that did that is, um, and Harrison knows that I'm a just a slut for tracking shots. <laughs> I but, mean, we um, both are. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yes! Oh, that tracking shot's amazing. Yes, that tracking shot when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are, like, making their way across, like, the Hogwarts courtyard in the middle of this battle. It felt super similar, but also the Harry Potter and, like, just disregard entirely the the difference in budgets. Mm -hmm. Just, like, the stakes. Mm -hmm. The stakes of it felt so bigger and so much more impactful than this did. Yeah. And you could have made this scene look really good with a little bit better storytelling and maybe just a couple different camera techniques. Yeah. It, it wouldn't... Because it had the potential to be a good scene. Yeah. No, it uh, this everything about this season had potential. Well, I loved what you were kind of pitching. First of all, the fact that Maggie Walsh was not our big bad this season and is demoted to after her inglorious death demoted to this fucking zombie once again offended on Lindsay Krause's behalf um I mean I'm sure she she came and she got paid so I'm sure she's fine but (laughs) but like what a great character to just waste um and then like yeah I it's just frustrating how interesting this story could have been and i'm not when i say this story i don't mean this episode i mean just this whole season which has had some great moments yeah um but like 
you know, I think when people when people think about season four, the initial reactions is, oh, Adam's the worst big bad. Um, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, should we get back on track for the episode? Yeah. Uh, I believe we were just, we're still in the scene of Riley uh, being mind controlled. Yeah. Uh, Spike says like, oh, hey, like the gang split apart. And Adam says that he wants Buffy in the initiative when this whole thing is going down. And uh, Spike's like, oh, yeah, well, that should be easy. Just give her like those discs and it'll tell her exactly where to go. And um, he's like, well, where are the discs? With Willow. And he's like, oh, her friend. The one that you so very, so very well cut her from. <laughs> it's like, ah, there may have been a problem with yeah, this. That was funny. That was, was a funny moment. And I think that is where we go to credits. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, after credits, Willow and Tara stop by Giles' house so that he can get, uh, she can get her laptop that she didn't take with her for some reason. I guess... Probably because she was so emotional. Yeah. Heat of the moment. Everyone's upset. It was Uh, the heat (laughs) of the moment. Telling me what your heart meant. Nice. Um, Giles is suffering from hangover. Super hungover. (laughs) It's really uncomfortable. Not surprisingly. Um, And, uh, yeah. But she gets her laptop. Um... Buffy's alone in in her dorm room, looking sadly at a picture of Willow. Um, Willow and Xander. And Xander. Um, (laughs) Two things. Uh, One, I actually, we see something we don't see too often very clearly because the only shots we get of them are pretty quick because she's kicking. But uh, I really like Buffy's shoes in this. Yeah, she's got like kind of platform boots. Yeah, yeah. Loved them. I I noticed them, um, I specifically noticed them when they were... um, repelling down into the initiative because I was also looking at Willow's shoes, which were cute. I believe Willow had Chef Taylor's on. She did. Which I'm rocking, y'all. I think they were pink, though. I think Pink or orange. Yeah. Um, I've got some... uh, They're not Chucks, but they're similar style uh, high tops that are Jurassic Park. Um, Yeah. I love those. Those are a uh, birthday gift from my aunt a couple years ago. Um, And it's funny because they're they're a little narrow, so they're not the most comfortable. Honestly, so I don't wear them a lot. Honestly, but... the truth is, is that as a person who wears chucks quite frequently, it's so much so that some people like just kind of like associate chucks with me. I actually have a few friends that like, oh yeah, I'd like I saw like your red chucks, so I knew it was you. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, they are well, they do look spiffy and. The, like, three quarters of your foot are very comfortable in them. The, uh, they don't have arch support. Yeah. And, uh, I love me my my new balances, my newbies, and I think that might be the next pair of shoes that I buy, because those are super comfortable. They don't look as good as Chucks do. Like, Chucks just look classic. But, uh, yeah, new balances just feel much more comfortable. Nice. I love my newbies. Newbies. Um... Xander is... Oh, and oh, the oh, second sorry. thing... Oh, sorry. The second thing I meant to say, by the way, uh, which actually relates to the episode, is uh, I like how the three three of the four main characters go to their support systems. 
which mm-hmm. Willow goes to Tara. Xander doesn't necessarily go to Anya, but Anya comes to him because Anya's so great. And um, Buffy's looking for Riley. Yeah. So this, like, they're currently at odds with each other, so they all go to their significant others. Or in Giles' case, he just goes for, like, headache medicine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just suddenly had a, a flashback to... Uh during their fight when he Xander refers to Giles as Alfred and Giles goes no sir I'm no Alfred you forget Alfred had a job (laughs) (laughs) which is leading me into Xander's uh Xander's in bed he's feeling pretty shitty about everything and specifically he's internalizing a lot of what uh Willow and or what he thinks Willow and Buffy said about him. Um, and that he has no worth. And, um, and I, I, you know, we talk shit about Xander a lot and he deserves a lot of the shit we talk about him, but from just a perspective outside of Xander's, I found this seem very powerful of, um, we live in a society that does tell us that our value is, in our contributions and in the work we do. Um, and I love that Anya basically says, like, instead of saying, like, uh, like, they're wrong, they're, you know, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. She basically says, yeah, they might be right, but who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's... And Anya says, like, oh, you're, you're a good boyfriend. Yeah, you're a good person. You're, you're a good, good boyfriend. Person. And like, and she's right. Those are the things that matter. Um, it's not Xander's fault and that he lives guys, in this guys, shitty capitalist guys, society. You know what? You, you heard it. You heard it from from us. See, this Xander compared with Xander in high school mm-hmm. is a better person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, still he, rough around the edges. Yeah, but... yeah. He is, but he is definitely matured, and he's got some really good moments in this episode, and a lot of good moments going forward. Yeah, there's, you know, just peeking at things to come. There's one particular season five episode that is all about Xander that I really like a lot. Um, but that's not where we are now. Uh, she also tells him uh, she peeks under the covers, and because uh, uh, oh, because. Xander was going to go to the unemployment office that day. And she uh, tells him that uh, they won't even, uh, they won't even see you if you're naked. (laughs) Now, as opposed to the um, Adam storyline, I will admit that parts of this storyline, like the split up of the Scoobies has been building up relatively decently throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Like you have had, Xander on multiple occasions like obviously we've seen all the random jobs that he's had we've also seen him you know separate from Buffy and Willow in the because he's not going to college and then you also have Willow with her um with kind of separating herself from the uh, the others because so that she can be with Tara um and uh and yeah and Buffy again separating from the others because you know getting involved with riley and the initiative yeah. so plus buffy uh, just 
that's on top of Buffy's tendency to separate herself because mm-hmm. she's the Slayer. But, uh, but yeah, this... So I don't hate, like, the build-up to it, but I'm not a fan of the resolution. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, uh... Let's say, is there anything else? This this scene here between Anya and Xander is just great. I love it, and and Anya tells Xander she loves him, mm-hmm. um, which felt earned. I yeah, I, I felt like yes, this yeah, is because like the perfect um, moment for this. Yeah, and they obviously have a very interesting relationship. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, he has been loyal to her, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he has, like, stood up for her, even to his friends. Yeah. And, like, almost any time we've seen Xander, we've seen Anya. And uh, even to the point where, uh, was it Willow or Buffy who said if you could uh, cut it was the, Willow. You could cut the, like, umbilical cord between yep. you and Anya. And, hey, you know what? Sometimes that's how relationships are. And I know that it might piss you off if your, like, friend is with somebody else all the time that you may not be a fan of, but she'd be a fan of your friend. Mm-hmm. Also, Willow, you should be a fan of Anya because she rocks. Yeah. Um, you know, I... you've been going through some shit too, so we're going to let this one stop. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, you're. I, I think that's actually one of the things about Xander I've liked the most about this season is that he has um, done a relatively good job of standing up for Anya uh despite willow's pretty open animosity towards her <laughs> um, yeah uh, i think it was like oh we could not invite anya i'm pretty sure that was one of her mm-hmm. that was one of her lines early on in the season yep i think was that pangs was it when they were probably doing yeah. the thanksgiving dinner um or maybe it was uh, for buffy's birthday something that people would have been invited to yeah. um so let's see. Then we have Willow and Tara, I believe. Um, not yet. First, we get Buffy at the cave. Okay. Where uh, Adam killed Forrest, as because as discussed, the what led to the fight, the big fight last week was Buffy declaring she was going to go to the cave by herself and didn't want to take the rest of the gang. Um. She does find Adams. She doesn't find Adam, She's but got she an finds axe, his... though, this time. Yes, not not a not a taser <laughs> rifle. Uh, she's learned her lesson. Uh, she she finds uh, his lair, but she doesn't find Adam because she Adam doesn't... is in the secret lab of the initiative that we've just learned about this episode. But um, she does run into William the Bloody. Yeah. Well, we get we get a we get. A, this scene where well I guess it kind of cuts um... it's okay if you jump around <laughs> yeah okay. she so we okay yeah we get this scene where Riley is in the lab and he sees the reanimated corpses of all of his dead friends and mentors <laughs> um, and um, they just look horrible yeah, and, and, and like obviously, what has been, what has happened to them is horrible. We don't mean horrible that we mean horrible quality. Yeah, it's all, and like Walsh and Engelman are like just drones, but Forrest is, I guess, because he's been dead for less time, uh, is still 
just himself, but with really bad prosthetics. I don't know. I think, I think and heightened maybe, aggression. I think maybe um, he was picked to be like one of Adam's soldiers because he is a soldier. Okay. Whereas, uh, the other Engelman, two are scientists. Yeah, Engelman and Walsh are not. That makes sense. You're I yeah. Um, but yeah, Forrest is just like all in on Adam's bullshit. Um, and he's super excited to fight Buffy, which he never does. <laughs> um, no, he does. When does he fight Buffy? Well, he fight like Buffy, it, Buff, like, because, um, she fights, she fights him. He puts her on the bed. Like that's that gurney with a uh, Walsh and Engelman. And that's when Riley cuts out the chip. Oh, yeah. Woof. We just watched this episode. <laughs> Damn. Um, and that's when Riley starts fighting. Yeah. Okay. Starts fighting. Goddamn. Um, R.I.P. Forrest. We, this is when we go, we go back to the cave and Buffy finds Spike. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm just looking for a new cave to live in. And she's like, well, you should uh, get out of here because this is where Adam lives. And he's like, oh, that oh, guy. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, and... Wouldn't want to run into that bugger long yet. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, uh, He's like, well, you probably know all about his plans because I gave you those discs. And she's like, well, no, they're encrypted and Willow still ha- hasn't figured it out. And he's like, oh, well, you should uh, get on that. You can't. This is too, this information is too important to let something like a little silly falling out affect it. Just and that's when Buffy's like, hmm. Just because you two are all in the rough doesn't mean that you can't go after, you can't go after that big old brag up there. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Is it really bad? The accent? Of course it is. Hey, it's just what James Marsters is doing. Well, <laughs> James Marsters' skills are a lot of things. The accent. Uh, it's it's it, I, I I will say it is one of the better Americans doing a British accent. It is no David David's Irish accent. <laughs> Um, I must escort you home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Buffy's when he mentions they're falling out, Buffy's Slayer senses start to tingle a bit, um, and uh, that's she starts when to she... realize, like, wait a minute, how does Spike know that I I'm never on... told him that I'm having a tiff with Willow? It's the sorry. It just made me think of the. Um, the season six opener of Community where Frankie comes into their bar and Britta's like, who tattled? (laughs) In what world does this require tattling? (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah, then Buffy ends up calling Willow. mm -hmm. Uh, Willow and Tara are trying to decrypt this well, Willow is trying. Tara's there for emotional support. And good on her. (laughs) Yes! She kills it. Um, but then, right as Willow kind of gets... She's, she thinks she's cracked it. And it starts to encrypt. Or decrypt. And Tara's like, you did it. And Willow's pissed because she's like, 
no, I didn't. I hadn't even finished putting the thing in. It's like, and this is so upsetting. This is like just blurting out the answer to a riddle right before. And then she realizes that she's complaining about I mean, getting exactly what she needs. Yay! <laughs> <Yippee>. <laughs> it's funny because, yes, obviously this is good news that they just have the information that they need. But I, I understand why Willow's upset. Mm-hmm. She, um, but yeah, they realized that it was actually just set to decrypt itself at a certain time. That's when Buffy calls, and there's a super cute moment. Tara answers the phone, and she's like, yeah, she's right. I mean, hold on, I'll check. check. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth. But way to look out for your your girl. (laughs) But now we have uh, the beginning of the makeup. Yeah. Because we have meeting on a quad. We have uh, Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Giles. Yep. Uh, Anya and Tara, uh, wisely, uh, sit this one out. Um, well, there's no bathroom for them to admire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they, uh, Buffy, Buffy tells her, tells them about her interaction with Spike. She asks, uh, Willow and Xander who they heard, the, the, the things they heard from, and they're both like, Spike, and and that's when the gang kind of puts it like, oh man, we're so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> they they put it together, but wisely the episode doesn't try to say, oh everything's fixed now because it was just Spike fucking with everyone. Because as we pointed out in the last episode, several of the things they were fighting about had been building up, had been building up, and Spike didn't Spike Spike just pulled out a couple blocks of the Jenga tower. Um, Interesting metaphor. It was the first one that came to my mind. (laughs) And um, so even though they're, you know, they, they reconcile with their words and agree to work together, but the tension is still there. Yeah. Um, They go to, uh, to Giles's apartment. And uh, this is when they start a, pooling all of their information mm-hmm. and uh giles says that oh there may be a spell that uh could help buffy up against adam um and uh willow says oh but isn't that like sumerian or whatever and giles is like well i speak sumerian like oh well you can do this spell and he's like well i can't it has to be done by a witch and that's when xander says and obviously like they're still talking about like they need they need the spell so that Buffy can get close enough to pull out Adam's power core. Mm-hmm. If you all remember, Superstar. power core from Superstar. Very important thing. Probably like one of the most important things to come out of Superstar was the fact that Jonathan found out that that was the yeah. that, like that's the one way to get rid of Adam. Yeah, and I on that just I just want to put a little tease out there for what's coming in sometime in the future. Who knows. Uh, that's not the only important thing to take away from Superstar. Well, yeah. But <laughs> at, at this point. I'm so mischievous. Point, at this point. <laughs> uh, but then Xander makes a suggestion. They're like, yeah, if only we could just like combine Buffy's strength and uh, your, your like, uh, Sumerian reading and Willow's magic. He's like, oh, I know, I'm full of bad ideas. And, yeah. and in a first... <laughs> 
Giles, Giles like, looks at Xander and says, actually, I no. think you are. And it's cute. That actually that actually kind of felt kinda of good. It did. I was like, oh Xander, you gotta win. Um this is also Giles where um Willow has revealed like what the plan is and they discuss like why is Adam so you know, they figured out Adam's plan. They are like, but why is Adam obviously trying to make making it so obvious for Buffy? And but that's when Buffy's like, because he wants me there. He wants me in the fight to kind of even keep, the kill count, even the kill count, which that makes sense. I the logic is there. I don't know. I think it's a jump. I think really? it's a bit of a leap. Why do you think so? I, I guess it just it's Adam assuming something that you can't really assume about Buffy. I mean, even even with like the initiative coming out her, at her, I feel like Buffy would attack demons and I feel like that actually does happen in that whole charge from one side of the initiative to the other. So, I agree with you and that's actually why I think it's smart. Because I think Adam knows and I and I think it's pretty correct that the demons will overpower the soldiers. I guess so. And that he needs Buffy Seeing in there. Seeing the initiative isn't what it was. Yes. Okay. And, and, the, and they're kind of like, because they've been capturing so many demons, yeah. I think he knows that, I think that it is, that this has always just been my assumption, that it is, the, the tide of that battle will go in favor of the demons without Buffy there. And he needs Buffy there to kill more demons so that it's a I retract even. my criticism that, that, <laughs> that one, one. <laughs> um <laughs> it's funny um back in the secret initiative lab uh, um Riley's still tied up uh professor- he's not even tied up he just can't move oh yes that's yeah, right Adam told him not to move um and they're going to um, they're, they're gonna, they want, they're gonna turn him into one of them. That's what's gonna happen. And, uh, yeah, I, that's, <laughs> um, there's one point, I can't remember specifically which of these interchangeable cutaways to this lab where Maggie Walsh actually, like, tells Riley to be a good boy, which is what she would say to him when she was alive. And mm-hmm. it's, Feels like they're trying to go for something there, but I'm just so mad at them for what they did to Maggie Walsh yeah. in the first place. That I it's not great. I, um, so yeah, they go. Buffy and the gang go to the Lowell house. Uh, Buffy, I, you know, I don't really have. I don't have a gay agenda this week. So I guess it's Buffy kicking down the mirror because I said hot when it happened. <laughs> like, um, your gay agenda could be like uh, teasing us with Xander's nudity, or um, you know the sweet moment between Tara and Willow. Okay, or... I'll take that one. <laughs> I yeah, this is not a great episode for the gay agenda. <laughs> um, uh, they and then they. <laughs> Buffy and Willow rappel down the elevator shaft. Uh, Willow's like, uh, Buffy's like checking in with her, like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, this is great. I don't know why I insisted on taking the stairs my whole life. Uh, Willow does not enjoy this at all. Uh, but then they get, they, Willow and Buffy have a heart to heart where they 
actually like get to the crux of the issues between the two of them uh and Buffy like because Buffy apologizes to Willow and Willow's like no it's okay it was just Spike and I love that Buffy just flat out says no that's not we're not gonna use the Spike excuse we're gonna actually talk about this and uh they both just admit to each other that they've been caught up in their own things um it's difficult to keep the high school gang together when you're not in high school anymore as we've talked about a lot um and and buffy acknowledges and this is a moment that, actually no this is my gay agenda because it's actually a really powerful moment that buffy acknowledges that what willow was going through was huge and scary and she doesn't need to apologize for handling it the way that she needed to handle it um and willow says like i was so scared and like was worried like you will always reject me and buffy's like no fucking never and they hug uh but it's not a good idea to hug while you're rappelling down an elevator shaft into a secret government military uh but what else are you gonna fit in a hug but what else uh luckily they're near the bottom so they just kind of like uh, they they get a they get a sweet hug in. Um, Xander rappels down after them, and they're like, "Xander, we love you." <laughs> and Xander's like, "Giles, get down here! It's awesome." Yeah, I honestly found this part to be a little too uh, a little too sappy. I find the Xander part sappy. The Willow stuff, the Willow, the Willow and Buffy stuff works for me, particularly it, the Willow side of it. it. It came across as a little cliche for me. Just um, oh, like right as you're heading into oh, well, the yeah. the lair of the <laughs> lair of the demon, the, the like the final boss battle. That's when like you uh, finally like have the heart to heart that you absolutely needed to have, and it's. It, it, it came across a little sappy and convenient. I mean, the 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 content mm-hmm. is of their talk is important, but the way it was executed, the context, yeah, is, the context. I I can agree with that. I yeah, it is very like yeah that. Well, we're it going into very, the these. Honestly, it feels very Saturday morning cartoon esque, <laughs> which kind of carries over into what happens yeah. next. For me, though, it's the meat of that conversation that really works for me. Uh, yeah, the, the larger context is contrived. I, I agree with you there. But that the meat of that, um, and in particular, and I think this is just the queer thing, is that, like, how well articulated Willow's fears of being rejected by her friends were. Um, and Willow, or Buffy's assurance that, like, no. Gotcha, babe. Yeah. Um, that is not that is not going to happen. Um, but I do like Sanders. Giles, get down here. That, like that like when they both fun. hug him, he's like, oh god, we're gonna die, aren't <laughs> that we? Was, that was also funny. Um, they pry they... open the elevator doors, and of course they are immediately... Arrested by <laughs> what little's left of the initiative. Yeah. Uh, Colonel McNamara. Colonel What's-His-Dick. <laughs> um, I... I, I I know his name is McNamara, and I refuse because he doesn't deserve a name. Yeah, they and um, at this point we see Adam working furiously at a computer, 
And we're about to see why, because that's when Buffy, like, tries to explain everything that's going on and just how unprepared the initiative is. And Colonel McNamara is like, no, we, we, we got this all under control. And then uh, the lights go out. And uh, so they start moving out, leave two guards with Buffy and the gang. And that was stupid. Very stupid. <laughs> two guards? Anyway, I also, I do love Buffy's, like, because he's all like, you know, you're coming in here, this is my, or you're interfering with our business, and Buffy's like, oh, excuse me, shut the fuck up, this is my business, yeah. fuck you. A little on the nose with it's the, extremely with, with the, the criticism of the military-industrial complex. Listen. Criticism that needed to be made, but... You could have found, like, a little more subtle way to do it, like, I'm if all Maggie Walsh... <laughs> If Maggie Walsh had turned demons into an army, utilize somebody, <laughs> utilize assets as a way to fund your military. <sighs> deep breaths, Jason, deep breaths. <laughs> Breathe in life. <laughs> he sucks so hard. I hate him. And it's, it, yeah. It, uh, yeah, this, this, I mean, because the initiative's become basically a non-entity. The head of the initiative, we can barely care yeah, we about. See what, we see what happens to the initiative at the end of this episode. Yeah, uh, so I'm, but I, at the same time, I'll cite any fucking shots at the fucking military-industrial complex. I also currently, uh, because of recent life experiences uh, that <laughs> I'm not going to go into details on here, uh... But Jason knows all about. I'm just increasingly, increasingly more anti-military. Uh, Can confirm he is and, very much. So. And, and I've never been super pro-military. Um, but, uh, but now we get the uh, the scene that we've already talked about. Yeah, this big battle um, scene. Yeah, Adam unlocks all the doors to all the cells of the uh, of the demons. The demons come out, get into the fight to with play. the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice. We need to watch that movie sometime. I'd love to. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but it is it is a glorious, glorious cheese fest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and uh, now we have this scene that we've already kind of talked about. Um, and Buffy and... Spike's caught in the middle of it, too. But Buffy and the gang. Oh are... yeah, we completely neglected the fact that uh, basically, uh, when Adam saw that Buffy showed up with her friends, uh, deals he's off. like, "Yeah, he's like deals off." And then Spike's like, rrr, 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 and he's like, "Fine, remove his chip, take his head off." And Spike puts a cigarette out in Forrest's eye, um, and oh my god. <laughs> And then escapes. I mean, a very Spike thing to do. But I mean, if if he's able to do that against somebody that's almost as strong as Adam, why would we think that Adam is a mm-hmm. threat to Buffy? Why would They're, we think uh, that Forrest is a threat to Buffy? We're undermining these threats uh, left and right, even though they yeah, want um, us to... Because there's that line earlier in the episode where when they're discussing why Adam wants her there... Excuse me. Um... Xander has the line where he's like, what, he's not worried that you'll just kill him? And Buffy's like, no, he's really not. And, like, maybe if I 
that line would have landed better if I felt like Adam was a fucking crap, or if I believed the threat of Adam the way that the show wants me to believe the threat of Adam. And I just don't. Yeah. Um, no matter how many times he throws her around, I'm just like, I don't buy it. You look like you're made of fucking rubber because most of you is. But uh, Buffy and the gang, they make their way to the uh, where the secret entrance is to the secret lab. And that's where they decide to set up their spell. And uh, Buffy's like, oh, um, how much time will it take? It's like five minutes. And like, okay, let, I can do this. And Xander says, I don't like the idea of you going in there alone. And she's like, I won't be alone. Won't. Which, wasn't that the point of the spell? <laughs> I mean, Xander, you were great all this episode, except for that moment when you just like, so dumb. It's very much that screenwriting thing where you kind of forget that your characters know what you haven't revealed to the audience yet. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Uh, it's it's meant to act as foreshadowing, but in retrospect, it's like, why the fuck did he say that? Like, he knows what the plan is. So yeah, now he now here is where we get the scene that Harrison just completely forgot about. Yep. <laughs> um, Buffy fights uh, Forrest, and uh, Riley's trying to help, but he can't really do anything. So he then story of his life. <laughs> he then is able to grab a piece of glass. And cut out the implant that is relatively close to his heart and also connected to his central nervous system. Listeners, Jason was, I wish he could have been there. Jason was so angry while we were watching. He was furious. And he I mean, <laughs> continues to be. I'm sorry. If something is, if something is like threaded into your nervous system, as Adam said it was, as Adam maintained due to the fact that like, you know... Riley had no muscle control over his own muscles because of this chip. If you just yank that out after cutting your chest open with a piece of glass, you'd have nerve damage. Riley should be on the floor in a fucking puddle. <laughs> but instead he fights flawlessly. Yes, he's able to fight off Forrest. And Forrest, do Forrest does... Prove that he's stronger than Riley, but then Riley grabs a good old tank of flammable whatever, and yeah, able... it's literally just a tank that says flammable. Yeah, not, and that is not OSHA. That is not <laughs> OSHA um, approved because you have to have labels that tell what is in that tank, or at least have the material safety data sheets nearby. Jesus Christ, initiative. Are Even... you shocked? I'm not. But, uh, I'm Trevor like, Buckley. I don't care about OSHA <laughs> compliance. But yeah, he gives Buffy like the the leeway that she needs to go get to Adam. He then, after Force wails on him for a little bit, he then takes this huge tank and is able to beat the crap out of Forrest with it. Forrest grabs the tank and like hits Riley. Riley's able to kind of direct his like falling backwards into being able to be behind a uh, an operating table and uh it's revealed like oh hey this flammable tank is leaking ergo boom, boom. So, r.i.p for us yeah again again um oh. yeah then we get uh buffy gets to adam they have 
they have a brief fight that, of course, because this is how it always goes when these two fight, Adam tosses her around. And then reveals that he's been upgrading himself, which means that he becomes a fucking Transformer. Yes, his, and, his arm transforms into not just any kind of like gun. Like a Gatling but, gun. Yeah, like... This is Like ridiculous. one of those ones that you would like... In, I mean, I, I get that it's the 2000s, but God, that CGI is awful. Awful, awful. Ugh. So as he's shooting at Buffy, uh, she hides behind uh, some sort of console, and that's when the spell goes into effect. Um, I do just want to make a note here. It's not, attention's not drawn super, super closely to it, but part of the spell involves calling upon the spirit of the first slayer. We'll get into more details about that next week. Yeah. Or in two weeks, pardon me. Yes. Next week in 2000. (laughs) um, uh, Whose name is Senea. So just put that in your back pocket and we'll smoke it later. Um, (laughs) What's up with me and my mixed metaphors? I don't know. Um, So this is where they, they, you know, they megasword. They combine, it's what this, uh, um, Manos, which is the hand, Buffy's strength. Um, Giles is something in Latin, that, but it's his brain. Spiritus. Spiritus, which is Willow's magic, and Animus, uh, Xander's part. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> Xander's obvious big dick energy. <laughs> um, Buffy arises... Uh, yellow eyes, and th- this is where Jason and I are gonna diverge. I do enjoy this. Jason does not. Um, but... I guess when it when it comes down to it, um, I'm I'm well aware that Buffy has quite a bit of camp to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at shows like this. You look at sci fi and fantasy shows, and a lot of them do have camp. Usually, the fantasy have more. I would yeah. argue, um, like uh, Hercules and Xena. Um, the Sam Raimi shows. Yeah, those are full of it, full of camp, and and I don't hate the camp that is in Buffy for the most part. Yeah, but this, I think this is just silly. I think this is beating you over the head with, "Hey, they're working together because <laughs> their parts are not as good as the whole," and it just. I feel like it almost talks down to the audience a little bit. Just, and it it kind of ties into like that sappiness from earlier. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess it just seems like we've seen so many more nuanced, complex ways of resolving issues like this. Not even like later on in the series. We'll get those later on in the series, but also like before in the series as well. And it just, it comes across as almost juvenile. And I just, I, and for lack of a better word, it just comes across as silly. And I, and not a good kind of silly. Like this is, if this had been in another episode, maybe like a mid-season finale or something like that, mm-hmm. then I'd be okay with it. Um, I could maybe think of it being with those other big bads, but minus the exceptions that we mentioned. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it just, it, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not something that they ever do again. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it just, it, 
I don't know. It just seems like they had like they were throwing anything at the wall that would stick, and this is what stuck, and it just that that's all it is. It's just silly to me, and and I feel like having we've already discussed the poor writing that has mm-hmm. taken place throughout this long arc. So the fact that it ends with what I consider to be not really great writing and not a great resolution, then that's it. I I don't disagree with you that it's silly. Uh, it just, and maybe it's just because I'm so I've, I've I've divested myself from this arc. I just don't even I've I've gotten to the point in this arc where I'm just like okay whatever. That at least this is something different. Um, the truth is is that. I honestly feel like, and I'll talk about more, and I'll talk about this more when we get to our season wrap up. Mm-hmm. I do feel like I have a better appreciation for some of the things in season four than I did before because um, season four, if you listen to our hot takes, you um, you know that that was like it's my least favorite season, and uh, for many reasons, but uh, but there have been moments in the season that I've been like, you know what, this was really good in retrospect. Yeah. I. I forgot about that because I typically see season four as just like, oh, this is the season that has Hush in it yeah. <laughs> and Restless and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But there are like some bright spots to it. So I kind of try to take that optimism into here. Like, you know, I have friends that really enjoy this or um, that at least didn't hate it. Uh, so maybe maybe I've got like a bit more evolved taste. But honestly, it just. Yeah. yeah. And that's OK. I mean, like. You you don't have to you don't have to defend yourself that you don't enjoy it. I feel like I need to. Though. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh, your 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 perspective on it is completely valid. Um, that's and that's I mean that is part of just engaging with television, engaging with art in general. Is that you know sometimes your 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 opinion is just going to be different than someone else's um, and. I don't think that's wrong. In fact, I think that's what's so incredible about art mm-hmm. is that, you know... Many different interpretations. Interpretations and opinions, and it can all exist together. And so I find this kind of fun. You don't. Cool. Like, <laughs> it's, that's great. That's awesome. It makes um, you look like an asshole. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't make you... No, no. I disagree because... <laughs> You didn't sit here and go, this is shit, and fuck you for liking it. You gave reasons why it didn't work for you, why you didn't like it, and they're all valid. And you weren't being a dick to me for saying, like, I I, I think it's fun. Like, if you had done that, if you'd been like, no, you're an idiot, I then I'd be like, well, okay, goodbye. <laughs> but we... But it's been we, nice having you on this show. Yeah, but we can engage on these differing opinions and that's awesome um and honestly i i think sometimes it's i think we have the more interesting discussions when we kind of are having differing opinions on certain things and because sometimes i mean like earlier in this episode sometimes one of us will explain something and be like and the other will be like Oh yeah, I've never considered it that way. That changes my perspective on things, and and sometimes, you know, we go, yeah, we have different opinions, and that's cool. So, I hope you're listening to this internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you know, let's. I mean, 
She turns some bullets into doves. There's some matrixy shit going well, she on. She makes the bullets disappear. She turns the rocket oh, into yes. doves. Um, and then uh, they have, you know, they fight. And then, you know, we'll just, we'll just move past this because I feel like we've talked a lot about it. She rips his fucking core out and he dies, thank God. <laughs> and then um, with Willow's magic, she's able to make the core disappear. Yes. I love how... I did think it was kind of funny when Riley comes in and sees this happening. He does have this kind of like, what, what the fuck is going, going on? on? <laughs> um, uh, the spell ends. Buffy kind of collapses. I'm not surprisingly, I'm sure that takes it out of you. It literally... Took three of them out of her. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're all kind of... And I think the reason that they, like... When when Spike does show up, because uh, right when the spell's over, um, Xander Willow and Giles are recovering, uh, but then this demon breaks in, but Spike is able to kill it. Pretty cool. <laughs> in a pretty cool way, too. Just snaps its neck. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, hey, we're, we're all good here, right? Like, nobody's gonna get staked, right? I think the only reason that they don't is because they're just too exhausted. I to think do so. Because he, he does give the, like, because uh, they're all, Giles specifically is just like, yeah, thanks for saving us. Would have been great if you weren't the reason we were in danger. <laughs> uh, and, but yeah, Xander Spike's like, but I did save you, so you won't kill me, right? And all of them just, it's, because like, the makeup is really great here because they're just all drenched in sweat. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah. Like, it literally is just like a, sure. And, like, uh, yeah, and then Buffy and Riley make their way out of the lab, and, uh, they're like, hey, we need to get, like, all these people out. Yeah. And then we get a little bit of a hand-wavy sequence where, um, the, uh, the person that McNamara is talking to a couple episodes ago... Uh, not Steve Martin. Yeah, not Steve Martin. <laughs> like, general... Uh, he basically, general, not Steve Martin. General, right. not Steve Martin. <laughs> show some, show the ranks of respect. No, <laughs> but uh, he um, he's basically addressing what I assume is the Joint Chiefs or something like Who that. But, knows. Yeah, it's it's basically meant to just convey that like, oh, he's telling the people that basically decide whether the initiative is there or not. He's like, yeah, this is an experiment, and uh, it fucking it, failed. It failed. Uh, we don't. Just be, we only were able to like save the people that we did because of a deserter and like a civilian group. Yeah. Do you think this felt to me this little because yeah we get this is happening. It's intercut with shots of Buffy and the gang like fighting their way through and escaping, and he it ends with this general saying, um, like, you know we're gonna we're ending this program uh the initiative program we're gonna fill it in with concrete we'll never talk about it again we'll keep an eye on the civilians in case they try to go to the media or anything but i don't think they will you know we're we're closing the book on this this and specifically that line this is an experiment and like it didn't work and all that do you feel like maybe that was a bit of meta acknowledgement from the writers of saying like we know this didn't work and i don't know i i guess i'd like to think that uh writers don't try to um with the exception of some writers writers don't try to like set out to make something bad so they like want to fully support it at least through the creation process mm -hmm. um so 
maybe like later on in an interview or something you can say like yeah it didn't work out the way that i wanted it to but don't like i, I wouldn't think that they would try to like kind of call themselves out on it not being mm-hmm. great that's that's something that like very few people i feel like would do dan Harmon being one of them yeah. see my thought is maybe less maybe less of like more of like uh not a calling themselves out but maybe more of a kind of trying to say to the audience like please don't please come back next season like you know what i mean like i i don't know i might it you might know, just be me reading how about into we put it that on hold until we do restless it's a good point because that's a great point yeah that i feel like we can't have oh the end of the season's storyline discussion until we talk about the actual season finale yeah um so that is how the episode ends. Um, but as we've discussed, uh, despite this having all the hallmarks of a season finale, including the death of the big bad, uh, it, there is still one more episode in this season of Buffy. Uh, not in the season of Booze and Buffy, obviously. We still need to get through the rest of Angel. Uh, season one. And Angel season, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, oh, by the way, listeners, we're actually just going to do the rest of Angel and then come back for Buffy season five. Not confusing Don't at worry. All. <laughs> It'll make Restless that much better <laughs> because we'll built up to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, we still have two more. We have one more Buffy episode, two more Angel episodes, uh, and then, yeah, our normal end of season wrap-ups. Um, but, yeah. It... It does feel like we have, I mean, we've made it, Jason. Mm-hmm. We've made it to the end of season four's arc that neither of us have particularly enjoyed. Um, and frankly, as I, you know, I don't remember how, I don't know exactly how much I love next week's Angel episode. I just don't remember a lot about it. But I feel like we're, at least for the rest of the season, largely bright stuff ahead. Mm-hmm. So, um, final thoughts on Primeval? Um, I pretty much kind of made my opinion <laughs> fairly clear. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of this episode, and I'm not a fan of... And I guess this episode, unfortunately, has the chore of wrapping up a storyline that i overall didn't like yeah um that i thought was poorly handled i'm not gonna say from the beginning i'm gonna say from the death of maggie walsh yeah and uh and yeah and i just like the the amount of just um silliness and conveniences to wrap this up as quickly as they could this just comes across as like just a I'm not a fan of it. I'm going to give it one and a half out of five um, rockets turned into doves. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm obviously coming off a little less harsh on this episode than you, but I don't disagree with your criticisms of it. Um, but I do think I... I, I go to extreme. I no, no. I <laughs> I think part of it is I think if maybe this had been the finale of an arc I really loved, like if this had been the finale of season five's arc, I'd been furious. But be, <laughs> but because it is the end of an arc that I don't care for, I'm just like, all right, I I don't 
here. Sure, let's do this Megazord bullshit. Um, and and the stuff that I did like in the episode was enough to to overcome some of that. So, but it's still I'm still not going to say this is a fucking great episode by any means. Uh, um, this is going to be a two and a half out of five. Uh, uranium cores disappearing into a flash of light. I wish she'd done something cooler with it, with like turning it into flowers or some shit. Maybe that would have been too on the nose. Um. War to peace. Um, I think I think we should end this with uh, Xander's probably like one of the best lines in the episode. Xander's observation of just. Anybody miss the mayor? I just, just want to be, be a big snake. <laughs> I yes, I actually meant to bring that up when we were in that scene because it's a fucking great line. But also, I was like, yeah, I do. I, yeah. <laughs> I Way to go, Xander. Um, wow, the first time that's ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> All right, take us out, Jason. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 1, Episode 21, Blind Date. Ooh, Angel's gonna meet a lady! Um, You're so gay, you know that? Yes. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've had my penis inside men before. Okay. Listen, you started this. Uh... I'm Harrison of the Penis Inside of Men fame. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I also write a blog where I talk about a different horror movie every week. It's Manhattan. Manhattan. Yep. Manhattan. I haven't said the name of the movie yet, Jason. Why don't you go take it? <laughs> yes it's called horror by harrison.blogspot.com and as jason has foreshadowed uh this week's movie uh continuing on with the theme of the month is friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan yeah he does. jason's on a boat for most of the movie until he gets <laughs> to manhattan also i just the timeline in the Friday the 13th movies is so fucked up. They do so many, like, time jumps, but don't actually think about the fact that, oh, this movie's taking place five years after the last one. This one takes place seven years after the last one. That despite being released in 1988, Jason Tank's Manhattan is actually set in 1998. <laughs> but, you know, famously, Manhattan in 88 looked very different from Manhattan in 98 after, you know, it got Disney-fied. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Booze and Buffy. The and is spelled out. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out there as well. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting Ocean Conservancy. This is apparently like Ocean Week or something. I don't know. That's what they said on Charity Navigator when I was looking up a nonprofit. <laughs> ocean Conservancy is working with you to protect the ocean from today's greatest global challenges. Together, uh, they create science-based solutions for a healthy ocean and the wildlife and communities that depend on it. 
Visit www.oceanconservancy.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And put your penis into someone. With their (laughs) Their consent. consent. Be gay. (laughs)